guys. Uh, welcome to a new episode of the Inspired Eye Photography Podcast. And joining me, it's Don and that's Oliver again. Anyways, you no, probably know. No, no. Oops, sorry, we lost connection. That's probably yeah. What happened here? How, why did you do? It's not my computer. I'm on a Macintosh. It, it, it's probably your. No, no, no. It's no. your Mac. I'm it's... on a Macintosh computer. If I'm... I was on a PC, we might have a problem. I got one over there, but my right button. Dude, your Mac is, is there that, is no, no. It sucks. Your Mac sucks. Yeah, you know? all right. You got one of them, probably one of them Dell things or something that you get in a box of Cookie Krispies or something. No, man, it's called Asus and uh, yeah, Asus. Asus or you know where Asus is? Turn around and look down to see your Asus. <laughs> 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 I told them we have to get into gear. So now these people that we're talking about gear now. <laughs> yeah, 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 gear, gear, you know. Well, just before just before going into gear, man, I I have to admit something, is that I'm absolutely terrified of having a second kid, and I am going to have one really shortly. So, um, yeah. Well, you know, I I, don't, I you know you're at the right age. Can you imagine how I would feel if I had one now? That that would be an issue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a real issue. They call them miracles back in the day. <laughs> But no, but I mean, seriously, now's the time to have it. What are you worried about? You know, it's, I mean, how much, look, for the first year or a year and a half, how much is the kid going to eat? Yeah, true. You know what I mean? And he's not to worry about clothes because he's already got clothes from his older sibling. No, it's just, it's just stuff, man. It's like, it's like, it's, it's a sleep deprivation. That's why anybody listening who's going to have a kid, listen closely, get some sleep because you're going to miss it. Yeah, that's one. That that is the truth. They they they, they always think I'm sleep. messing. They they always think I'm messing around. I'm looking at straight I'm like, sleep, enjoy it because you're gonna regret it. You'll never have it until I don't know what age. It, it never goes away. Not only that, but after like a little while, probably like you know, as soon as you have the baby, you notice that you start to count the hour that yes. you get sleep. <laughs> oh, yes. that, you never count the hour. You just go to sleep. You wake up. But once you have the kids, like you count the hours, like. Whoa, man, I got four and a half. That's it. Four and a half hours. <laughs> and you feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, that's oh, right. Man. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> like in, in the morning, man. That, that's why I love technology. I mean, my phone. That's called a half hour more of sleep. You know, just like, oh, please, man. Just give him some crap to, to watch. And then it's like, go to sleep for at least 30 minutes. That's right. It's like we have a. I have my cat named Barsic, and he, he's a great cat. He's a real lovable cat and all, but when he wants to get up in the morning, I have one of those Bose radios, you know, it's older ones, way older. Yeah. And, and all the control buttons are on the top of it, like when it pops up, you put the, the CD in it. It hasn't worked for years. But the thing is, when Barsic wants Tanya and I to get out of bed, he jumps on top of the clock radio and starts moving his paws like, boom, 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 boom. and all of a sudden I can hear the radio come on, and he's just sitting there looking at me. He actually wakes us up that way all the time. It's crazy. Yeah, so anyway, anyway, back to photography. This is all part of life. You know, life is life is what uh, photography is about. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it is. It is the the image is. Um... Well, photography, it's, it's usually uh, reflective of life, you know. If I, I used to like photography for photography, but, you know, after a while, when I've, I've started doing this long enough, I'm realizing it's not really about photography, is it? It's about embracing life with a camera, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's about, it's, it's just another way of paying closer attention to the details of life, you know what I mean? 
And it uh, it actually allows you to appreciate life more because you know I I, I love my kid of course but you know when I take a, a, a beautiful uh, 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 picture of him you know when I make something nice I mean it allows me to have the the step back to appreciate it more. Yeah, then when you look at him, so you know so when they start they get older and they do things uh, that you know the Lord the Lord has made sins about that. They do things. <laughs> you, you look at him and say you know. I could have had an M9 if it wasn't for you. <laughs> and right now, I'd rather have the M9. Yeah. What's M9? Uh, M-Type 240. Nah, that's, you know, I'll tell you, man. Rogers, I mean, he's... The thing is that he can afford to buy anything. So, and I'm putting that in perspective because as far as gear goes, there's no financial constraints on him, regardless. Yeah. But here's a guy with that situation that gets the M240. And you know he had it before anybody else had it. He had yeah, like he way back before reviews came up or people were testing it. And the thing crashed so many times. He sent it to Germany twice. I He sent it to me, remember? Mm-hmm. Then I sent it to New Jersey and he got repaired. This is a brand new camera, less than 500 frames on it. And then went back into Germany again and now he's got it and now he's shooting something else because yeah. he, he doesn't want the thing to, to, to go back in. So they gave, he got another camera. He got another 240, you know what I mean? But the one that he has, I mean, he gets his initials put on those cameras, and they're very special to him because he has the three initials mm. preceding his serial number. Okay. Well, the new one, of course, doesn't have that because he's already got that, you know, that issue. But how would you feel if you if you were not Roger? How would you feel if you went out, and you spent all this money for a camera, and the things crashing, and you and the you know the images are coming out terrible, you get the artifacts and freeze ups and blocks and bricks and all this kind of stuff? That's a terrible situation. Yeah, there's right. some, there's some cameras you got to think twice before getting them because there there are some cameras that are high maintenance and these are such cameras. Um, personally, myself, I have my my name on my Ricoh GRD4. You know, it's it's made with a sharpie. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I put put a little sharpie and like here you oh, go, really? my, yeah. my, my initials. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his got engraved right, engraved before. Yeah. The, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Yep, he just took the value of that camera down to the toilet. <laughs> no, no, the thing is, you know, it's funny because, uh, it, well, it's not funny. I mean, it's kind of like it's been concerning me for a long time. And I became a lot more aware of it when I was an admin at uh, M43 and then a series compact because <clears throat> behind the scenes, you get like a lot of emails and, you know, a lot of PMs and people. And you realize that you're a beta tester. You really are a beta tester. You know, so like, you know, Fuji, you know, uh, comes out with like the X100 at the time, and they sent it. You know, people waited to get that camera. I mean, you waited, and finally, when it came, you know, uh, you got it. You were shooting, and all kind of issues started to happen. And then they fix it with firmware upgrades. But you know, really, that's just you're just a bait. You're paying to be a beta tester for a product. Because I'm not just saying it's Fuji, it's Sony, it's everybody. You know, like and all of them. Why should we, as a consumer, have to pay to be a beta tester? Why isn't the stuff perfected more? You know what I mean? Why didn't they think about this in the beginning? I mean, something like an ISO, like <clears throat> like uh, like like one of the issues with the uh, uh, with the the Fujis and other cameras also. But one of the issues I'm bringing up about the Fujis is that <clears throat> you can select auto ISO and manual, which is crucial. If you couldn't do that, it would not have the camera. But you can't set. I, and you can set the limit to the ISO. So you can set it to like 16, 32, 6400. But you can't set the low shutter speed where the camera's going to start to change things. You know what I mean? You can't. So now the XE2, you can do that. 
So if you so and, and they're probably going to do an upgrade in the firmware to the XT1. Why didn't they do that in the beginning? That's not new technology. The Rico GR4 had that way back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you know why? Why is it that they find a certain palette of items that they want to give you on a camera and then charge you for, it, and then you get it, and then they take the time to upgrade it? What's it? I don't understand the rationale behind that. I don't get it. Um, I don't like it either. Well, it's. Uh, you know, there's advantages to put something in the market because you got to understand there's pressure from other camera camera manufacturers. You know, if if they come come out with a new a new camera next month, you know, and you have the opportunity to release yours next month too with some bugs, you know, I think they're gonna take that chance. You know what I mean? I don't and, think. And, that's... I, I, I think I, I think that is it's not right, but you know, it's uh, it's <clears throat> I think it's how how the industry is. All right, so you pay like a nine hundred bucks for a, uh, an XE one body or something, and you have issues, or you know, thousand dollars, and you get, you know, you you beta testing the camera, and you figure out what's wrong with it, and you send it in, and it gets fixed, it gets upgraded. Okay, you know, so everybody's happy. Now you go out and you spend six thousand dollars on a like a body, and you start having problems there. Yeah, I don't but think anyone you make you happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's. And I say that. I'm a lycophile, you know, more than most of you guys are not like a form, you know. I, I, I got like a drip down my blood. I love those cameras and the lenses. There's nothing like it, but I won't use them again, but I love them. But there was, there was not these uh, these issues when, when there were the film cameras, right? These were highly reliable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more more reliable than they, were, than they were ever announced to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I think you dropped one in, in mud or something. I, I dropped one in a rice paddy in Vietnam. The strap, the leather strap broke. And it was stupid to me because I shouldn't have had, I didn't realize, but they didn't have like nylon webbing for cabinet back then. You know, everybody had leather straps. And I had this old funky leather strap I used to carry around all the time. It was on my black M4, 35 Sumicron. And, you know, mortars came in and I jumped. You got everybody to jump because, you know, I just peed my pants, you know, and my strap broke and the camera fell. The M4 fell into a rice pad, and I, I reached down. Guys were shooting. They were thinking me cover fire over by my head. Goes, <laughs> You're thinking about your camera. I want my camera, man. You know what I mean? So I, fought, I, I pulled it up, and it was like, I looked at it, and like, that scared me. I don't know if you got to say that, yeah. but under fire, and that scared me. <laughs> and I ran back. I looked at my camera. I said, holy, look at this. I'm like, there's all kind of like mud and kind of things that they grow on Vietnam in the, in the water, you know, that just was on my camera, man. And, you know, when I, and, and so I, I just, I, this is the truth. I took a, a canteen and poured it over, you know, after everything was done, you know, I poured it over to get the most of the dirt out and I let it sit in the sun. So the water would dry in two minutes and bone dry. That's how hot it is. You know what I mean? The sun, you know, so I wrapped it up and I put it in my rucksack. And when I got back, when I got back in, I went to see this guy that I knew who was a, sh- a professional shooter, uh, Australian photographer named Jock. <clears throat> and I showed him what happened. And he like, he cleaned it and went through it and stuff. He said, come back in, you know, come back tomorrow, pick it up. You know, I'll, I'll let you know what's going on. And uh, the camera, all I needed was a really good cleaning. He opened, he cleaned it, dried it, opened the back, pulled the film out. The film was okay. There was no water, no dirt, no nothing between the lens and the and the and the, and the camera. Nice. Was, you know, the rear element. This is a Leica M4. So I mean, we're talking about a quality of a product here that surpasses anything 
that has ever been made by any other manufacturer up to this day. They, these guys are talking about, what are they talking about? They're talking about weatherproof cameras. Yeah, weatherproof, you got there a little bit of a drizzle, blue, 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 you know? Mm. And I'm yeah. talking about dropping in a rice paddy and surviving, man. That's crazy, man. Now it couldn't happen, of course, because now if it, if, if, if it fell in, the battery would, the circuitry would shoot out and all kinds of crazy stuff would happen, you know? If you're quick enough, you know, if I, I, I think that if water hits the sensor, you're, you're, you're screwed, but... Um... In some cases, you know, I do think that it can survive certain conditions, you know, nowhere as near as a, as a old film camera because it's basically, it, it, it's a metal contraption, you know what I mean? But nowadays, well, th- th- those things are more... Um, if you drop your uh, Fuji XE, <laughs> XE1 or Leica M9 or anything else in the water, you're sounding your next whatever... You drop it in the water, just take it, use it as a paperweight. It is not going to survive. There's yeah. nobody. That circuitry is done. Those lenses are made. They're not made like Leica lenses in the old day. You know, you know, back to that camera real fast, back to that episode. Seven months later, I came home from mom. But in that seven months, I used that camera. Yeah. I used it. And when I got back, I sent it to, to Ernie up in, uh, in New Jersey, like in New Jersey. I think it was not fair. What the heck was it back then? I don't remember. It was Midland, Ontario, Fairdale or something, New Jersey. He checked the camera over, man. You know, he just told me he just needs a good cleaning. There's nothing wrong with it. When I told him what happened, he could not believe it, you know. But move up into the course of time, and I never liked the M5. I did get an M5, never used it. I never shot one frame out. I just got it because it was a really good deal. I sold it again. Then I got the M6. I got two M6s. When I got the M6s, I was kind of like freaked out because and I was reading the instructions, and there was this round thing on the front that said to put the battery in there. I said, what? Battery? What the hell do you need a battery to like it for? <laughs> for the meter and stuff. And I didn't know. But now, forget it. You know, just blow. But now, just forget it, because there's just no way with this kind of circuitry and, you know, that, that a camera could survive a, a dunk. I don't believe it. No way. Yeah, I agree. But one thing is um, that that we must say is that your camera actually does matter. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, we're not like painters. You know, painters are only limited by their skill and their vision. You know, if they can if they can dream it up and if they have enough skill, they can go ahead and paint it or or draw it on a yeah. have a nice drawing. But yeah, yeah. photographers are limited by not only their skill, but also their gear. You know what I mean? Yeah. And their and their vision. But everything falls on how how much you can get out of the gear you know it's if for example you you want a a super shallow depth of field you know and you have something that's like f8 or something it's just not going to happen so you, depends you know, on <laughs> yeah dep- well it depends on the lens depends on yeah. uh, uh well if you want shallow depth of field and and imagine you have the lens but you know you only have a small sensor or if you want to reach very far but you have a telephoto or if you want to go wide angle, but you only uh, your your zoom doesn't go wide enough, you know everything everything that t- t- you are limited by what you have. You are, you are limited by the gear, so that's why it actually does matter because whatever you do, you're limited by what what you have. See, the, I, I don't see that as limitations. I see see that as uh, I don't see it as constraints. I see the exact opposite. It's a way. I- I can expand because I've always been one and I've always taught uh, of one, of one camera, one lens. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, look, I mean, like, it's not like I'm taking a hammer 
and a spike and bang it down to your head and say, one hammer or one camera, one lens. That's ideal. You can use other lenses and stuff, but the idea is to learn your vision. So the fact that you have a, a, a lens that does a certain thing a certain way, you can, there's two ways to look at it, just like anything. You could look at it as, oh, this is a constraint. I mean, it, 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 stops, it, it stops me from expanding the photography that I'm doing. The other way to look at it is, oh, I just love working in the confines of what this gives me, because it allows me to create more and think more and work within the confines. Well, that's actually the second part uh, that I was going to say. It's The good news is very rarely are you actually limited by your gear. Chances are what you have, you can do great stuff with it. You know, And I'll say 95 to 99%, you know, whatever gear you have, you can do great stuff with it. And the constraint that I talked about, it's really for very special occasions. Let's just say for some reason you want to do underwater photography. Well, you're not going to be able to if you don't have a, a waterproof case, for example. That's one More of the... You know, that's one of the cases where you're not going to be able to shoot underwater. But like like you said, the, the one lens, one uh, one body thing, here's why it works. It's, it's a concept called limitation creativity. And... One example is the, the painter Rembrandt. You know, the guy only used six non-primary colors for all his paintings. You know, so all of all of his most of his paintings are just a very limited number of palettes. And what happens is, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I only, if you only have one lens, and that's make that a, a fixed lens. If you limit your brain, that's when your brain goes to overdrive, and it's gonna work to actually find a solution. You know, it's, it says uh, necessity is the mother of invention. No, something like that. It's the same thing. Necessity. Yeah, that. yeah. necessity is the mother of creativity. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if, if uh, there's one picture from uh, Gary Winogrand that I really like, you know, if you say sports photography, what do you think? You're you're thinking of uh, a white, uh, not a white, a telephoto, right? And Winogrand has this nice picture of a wide angle football field. And it's a very, very nice photograph, you know. And yeah. he did that with a with a with a wide angle. Right. So you are limited by your gear, but that's not an excuse, you know. The gear is, you can do great stuff with whatever, man, you know. Well, you got to, you just got to, you got to just know. Uh, you have to know your stuff. You have to know your gear, and you have to know the application for what you're going out with. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to know your application. I always. I always talk to people, I mean, and, you know, most of the guys who listen to this will know that. I always talk about your natural field of view. And everybody has it. And you have, if you don't learn it, you're, you're in big trouble. You have to know what your natural field of view is. Mine, now, now I'm not saying that this doesn't change, because it does. I mean, I, I spent, I spent uh, 45 or so years with the 35 millimeter lines glued to my, uh, one of my Leica bodies. And that was my natural field of view. Now, what a natural field of view means is that when you are walking on the street, or you could be strolling like Ruder does. So when you're walking on the street, and when you see something that's interesting to you, and you stop, and you're looking at it, at that point, your brain or your mind will see the frame box of 35 millimeter of your natural field of lens. Now, it's never going to be 100%. You know, even the light is only 92%, but it's going to be close enough that you don't have to move back or move forward when you raise the camera up. That's your natural field of view. Mine was always 35 millimeter. Now it's pretty much, 
it's pretty much like 28. And, and the reason is because I uh, acclimated to, to to all my cameras with the 28 millimeter lens, all the Ricos, the GRs. Yeah. So what happens is when you, if you know what that is, your natural field of view, you take that lens goes with you for sure. And they say, well, I'm going to want, might want to work a little bit longer than that. So if it's the 35, you might say, I I'm going to go a little bit, maybe to a 50, just a carrot case. I want to do a porch or something like that. And then you might say, oh, I go a little bit wider, maybe like a 21 or 24 or 28 or something. So what happened, you've just eliminated the, 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 the chances of, 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 being, of being blocked creatively from your gear for what you're trying to do. You've just eliminated that because you know your tools and you have your tools with you. You know what I mean? If something happens, you go fix something like what Winnegrand, he always carried a camera bag. But, you know, I'm sure that, I don't know for 100%, but I would imagine if someone said, well, I can take a shot over here. He picked the camera up. The lens was already on there. was already there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 why I really like the concept of the, the Leica Tree Elmar. Elmer it. No, I, 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 I love the concept. I don't say, and I didn't say the lens, but I love that concept of you know you got three focal lengths right there. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, the digital equivalent is step zoom, I guess. Well, I mean, you know, come on. I mean, it, the most efficient lens to ever work with, and this was shown to me by an old guy in a camera store, you know, and it wasn't Herman Cosby, was it? It was a, a really older guy, and the, the most efficient way to really work is a zoom lens, if you think about it. Yes, I don't like zoom lens. You know, but you know, but it really is the most efficient. There's nothing more efficient than a zoom lens, and the reason is you walk to the point, you see your photograph, you stop. Now you take the zoom and you move the zoom in and out any way you want, and you can make your frame. You have not changed perspective. If you don't move, and the cat, if the camera doesn't move, you did not change perspective. So the lens is going in and out. Yeah. But a lot of guys will say, "Oh, I you know, use the 35, and if I have to, I'll, I'll zoom the feet." Well, what? that means that they're going to either walk backwards or walk forwards to change the crop of the image. That's yeah. totally unacceptable because you've just changed perspectives. Yeah. Capiche? Uh, capiche something, yeah. You can get sick of one focal length, you know what I mean? Like the 28 millimeter, I'm trying to divorce myself from it because I spent like, what, two, three years with it? And I, I love it. I, I'm sure I'm going to get back with it, but occasionally it's very, it's good to actually move away from something because yeah you know it, it actually when we were in new york here's here's what i i discovered it's like i expected and i know i can get it and i don't like that you know i, I started be becoming complacent with a 28 millimeter because i'm so yeah. used to it yep you know, agreed. that's why i'm i'm maybe moving more to the to the longer longer end or something you know because 28 i'm so used to it i know what to expect you know, it just doesn't, it's not fun anymore for me, you know? No, I get it. No, I get that a lot. Yeah. To the point that, that uh, and I can say this, man, I mean, I'm not afraid to say this, but I have a fear of going above 35 millimeter. Like to, like to say that using a 50, like on the, on the Fujis, I got the XE1, XP1, and putting the 35 one four one basically gives me a 50, it's a 52 millimeter lens. I have a fear of using that lens. <laughs> on the street because it's just to me it's just so long i mean that's a telephoto it always was it always always was i had all the 50 sumacrons and then the sumaluxes the world could give me and 
I'm telling you, I very rarely use that lens. I would use it maybe if I was doing a wedding or an event or something like that, but for my own work, never. Never. That's a scary thing for me, even to this day. Yeah, that's that's actually one of the reasons why I want something longer. You know, longer so that get out of your comfort zone. That's why I got uh, 35, 1.4 for the next seven. You know, just to move away from comfort comfort zone because once you start getting comfortable you start getting complacent and once you get complacent yeah. once you get complacent you know you're you're not challenged anymore and yeah things become boring if uh, you know what what about your little uh, that little thing you got that uh, was it the LF1 yeah the LF1 oh it's great you yeah know, the like a phony the like a fart one is that what it is like a like a type C minus the like a name yeah okay so yeah. what's the what's the what's the zoom the zoom range when I can? Uh, twenty uh, twenty eight or twenty four to two hundred, which is oh, nice. Oh really? And oh, what yeah. what I, what I really like is the fact that it's not, uh, it's not one point nine. Uh, let me see. I don't know. What's small ain't it? Yeah, it's a two point eight. Ah uh, oh, man, I'm lost. Whatever. It's, it's just it, it's kind of, it's slow on the long end, which yeah. I like. You know, keeps. So, isn't it has this? Yes. Oh, very good. Very good stabilization. It's very good. Amazing, actually, because, <clears throat> you know, I just do video with, with it, and you can feel your hand move, but you don't see the screen moves, and you yeah, see yeah, the, yeah. the screen moving like it's on a floating thing, just like a, um, a stab stabilizer. So it's it's actually a very great camera that should, for some reason, it's not popular. I like it. It's really it's great. It's not what? It's not what? It's not popular at all. Really? No, no, it's not. Nobody, nobody picked up on it. Nobody even. A lot of people don't even know it exists. I, I don't know why. It's great. I mean, the like it, the like it version came out not that long ago, right? Yeah, and people like it, of course. Of course, because it costs five times the price. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, you know, it's it's all about liking what you have, and because you know, the grass is always greener somewhere else. So. Really, one one thing I've learned because I spent a, a lot of money on crappy gear. I mean, not crappy gear on gear. You know, for example, I bought a large format and only shot two or three times with it and sold it back. You know that. What, what format? What, what, it was actually a a Polaroid land camera 110B, and basically I custom, I have some guy customize it and put a Graflex back on the, on the, on the, on the back, and I had all sorts of crap like um. Fuji ready load or was it Kodak quick load one, one of these things you know I had Polaroid type 51 all of these things and I didn't even shoot 10 frames with it you know that's how bad I was with gear and one thing I realized throughout that whole episode is that you probably have all you need right now you know it's just a matter of really stop thinking about this is what I could do with what I could have you know and it's really let me do something what I have right now and once yeah. I understood that, and actually coincided with my Ricoh GRD3, once I understood, man, I got everything I need right now with any point and shoot. You know, it's it basically frees you from any gear list. Yeah, I get that. You know, I, 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 that's how you, what you're talking about is is a is a pre symptom to gas. You know what I mean? It really is to buying gears. I'm working on any gears right now. You know, it's like I, I take Rolex for photography, <laughs> and what I do, I seriously, the way I do it is uh, I ward off uh, the new stuff once I get something that's working. Now, I'll tell you the truth, for me, the XE1 
and and the, and the 15 i could go the rest of my life in that little alpha i just love the way it works it's beautiful so now the xc2 is out i'm not even thinking about it i don't even care so i just i work hard now i just keep making photographs boom 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 and then i don't miss the i don't miss the the peripheral on the outside there of the gas that wants to come in and get me like oh you need the xp2 the xe2 this lens that lens no this is working it's working great look at my photographs i'm really happy the only, go, go bother someone else the only antidote i found for for gas and i'll tell you straight up the only antidote is actually going out and shoot because once you start not shooting there's always that nagging thought. It's like you need that new piece of gear to actually be better and stuff like that. Right. While if you go out and you actually shoot, and it doesn't have to be much, you know, like uh, two, two days ago, I went to a party and I got this nice, very nice picture of a husky, you know, and yeah. man, that, that's just like, it, it, was a, it, it was a great, great picture. And guess what? You know, I don't want any other camera because once you start proving to yourself that your camera actually uh, can help, well, can make nice pictures, you don't want anything else because you know that your camera can do it. So why would you want something else? Yeah, I, I think that's true. And one of the big problems is like it's boredom sensor. Like if you're not get, if you're not making photographs, you're not getting out there, you're not making photographs. Then what happens is like you start to blame the camera. Say so, you know, it's just, I'm just really not that camera just isn't getting me to go out and work and blah blah blah. Then you look at you you see like a forum where you know some people or someone. I just got the new Juniper Jetta Pajama XE1479. Oh, my God, it's amazing. It does everything. It makes Kona coffee for you in the morning. And then that's it. You're done. You got to get that camera. Of course, if it did make Kona coffee in the morning, I would have to get it also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like you're saying, you know, it's like using the title street photography becomes very dangerous at that point for gas. It's very dangerous. I am a street photographer, but before I'm a street photographer, I'm a photographer. Yeah. So I don't mind, I don't mind making pictures in the office, in the kitchen, outside in the, in the garden. I don't mind making photographs anywhere. That satisfies me enough to ward off gas. If you just sit there and look at your camera and say, I'm not getting out. I haven't been out in six days. It's not my fault. It's the camera's fault. You're done. You know, yeah. I wish I owned the camera store because you're going to buy something. Yeah, you know, because when, when I was at that gas episode, which was pretty long, um, I never really went out. I never really shot. I was only sporadically, you know, I was more a gear addict than I was actually a photographer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if if you start seeing you know i need this new piece of uh, piece of gear and stuff like that th try going out and shoot and actually getting some nice pictures and then you'll see if you still want something else because like for example yeah. you know um there's there's some nikon df and all that good stuff you know yeah they they look nice but oh, if if, <laughs> if <laughs> i think the df one is ugly but if if I have all that I need and I can make nice photographs with what I have, why would I want something else? That is the question. That's right. You know? You know, I know this will sound crazy, and most people will not do it, but some will. And if you really doubt what you're doing with your work, and we all have our own path that we take when we get out there. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, metaphysically or nothing like that. I'm just really being honest. Like, I... I get on the bus, I get on the L, I get off somewhere on Market Street, and I walk back and forth, and I look around for photographs and make them. We all have our own Market Street in our area where we work. Do that, mm -hmm. but don't take a camera with you. 
don't don't go to the library, don't go to the movie, don't go to a girlfriend's house, don't go to a pub. Do take the exact route you would take if you were out walking and making photographs. Don't take your camera with you one time. Then when you get home, when you see your camera lens, you're going to be in love again. Yes. Because all the photographs that you saw, you had no way to record. Do not use your cell phone. Just go out there. Do not record pictures unless they're in your mind. If you record them in your mind, then what happens is when you get back, you can't wait to get to get back out there on the street with your real camera. That's that's a very difficult, a very very difficult you know task to do. And what you can also do is like you look back at your catalog at the pictures that you took before and then you're gonna see that man you know what you have is actually pretty pretty able i'm personally just a compact sensor shooter so that's basically in the bottom of the camera food chain but i'm not really upgrading to anything full frame or uh, aps-c for my personal work because i love the small stuff really well you know it's, yeah, it works it's small, like the sony next seven right no, that's 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 more for, for <laughs> that's my work camera, man. Stop. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't, stop you, pushing don't down tell, on me. Look, you can tell me that stuff, but see these guys listening to you. You see the guy over there, he's laughing because he ain't buying what you're saying. And that I, woman over there, she's not buying it either. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really like any any other camera than uh, than small sensors, man. I'm, I'll, oh, I, I'll, I, I'll admit I, it. Uh, look, uh, here's my my uh, where's the camera here? Oh. White GRD4. Yeah. That's the real GRD4. That's the real. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the street shooter, look like a tourist photographer. That's what that is. And yeah. here, this is the camera that has been to Iraq. It has been to Vietnam. It has been to Afghanistan. This is the Canon G9. Look at the screen all smashed up on the back. Oh, yeah. My daughter, my daughter broke that look. It's too, it's too big for me, though. I don't consider this a pocket camera. But anyway. No, no, it is a pocket camera. Wait, look. It's, it's fat. It really is a pocket camera. That's too it's, fat. It's, almost, it's not that much bigger than the... Uh, yes, In it fact, is. it's smaller this way than the GRD4. Uh, anyways, that's debatable, man. This right. camera's been dependable, man. Oh, wait, that's enough about cameras. I'm not selling my, G, my G9. I will always have the G9. Yeah, you say that for all your cameras. No, I, the, the G9, I'm real serious about it. It's just it's been a, an amazing, an amazing camera. Oh. And Tanya can just pick it up and press a button and we use it, you know? By, by the way, you know, the more you use your camera, the more you're connected with it. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, it's like, you know, you just met somebody, you know, you're not going to gonna connect with that person until you go at, go and uh, watch movies and, and go out and eat and stuff like that and talk that's bonding and I think the bonding with your camera you know it's not going to happen until you start making nice pictures with it you, then you can start trusting the camera and stuff like that because I remember when I sold my Olympus OMD you know there's this guy and he was like oh you know that there's a problem here there's a problem there I'm like no there isn't send me some pictures showing me the problem and he couldn't a problem with the camera you mean? Yeah, and he was just saying there was a problem with the camera, and there there wasn't actually. He just had buyer's remorse, you know. Yeah, but buyer's remorse, yeah. so it, the only the only antidote for that is just going out and making a nice pictures with it, and then you'll see that your camera is fine <laughs> enough for pretty much anything, you know. See that form factor. I mean, the Olympus and the M43 uh, form factor does not turn me on at all. To me, I just see it as a little. A little Nikon F back in the day. It's mm -hmm. the same form factor as Nikon F. It's got the hump, you know. And oh, it's the, got, the, the, yeah. the um, SLR and the form factor. I had, I had the EP1, the EP2, and the EP3. Absolutely adored those cameras. 
What I didn't like in the M4 III was the lenses, not the cameras. There was only one lens that really turned me on, and that was the uh, the 2514 Sumalux. That was just amazing. It was just beautiful the way it recorded. The problem is, like even now, I have a fear of using a 50 millimeter lens. I don't like it. I'm too far away from my subject. The mm. boxes, my frame is too far away from me. I, I, I want to be in close. Like I just put some photos up on my blog. I was like four feet away from these people because I'm using the 15. So the M43 doesn't give you that. I mean, for me, it didn't give it. It didn't have the lenses for it. But the cameras are nice. But I don't like that form factor. The OMD. Uh, I don't like the new Sony A7, uh, whatever it's called, form factor mm. with the uh, with the eye for the finder is in the middle of the camera. That you know, close to the middle, that turns me off. Man. I will not buy or even look at that camera. Never anything is in that form factor. Never ever. Never. All right, guys, it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, time to wrap it up, buddy. Yeah, gotta go clean, man. I'm I'm a house man. Anyways, that, you yeah, didn't back hear that. to the. Uh, Back to the interviews. I got nine interviews going. Interviews for next month. Photos, photos, essays. Uh, that that fifth issue is gonna is gonna be awesome. It's gonna the next be, issue, yeah, the next issue. Next issue is gonna is gonna be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so guys, if you have any questions for us, you know, do you want answered on the podcast or something, just hit the contact tab and send us an email and then we'll, we'll respond to you. Also, uh, please go ahead and subscribe to the magazine because it's awesome and it's going to only going to get more awesome because we're working hard every day. Yeah. Do you want to tell them our ID about next year starting in the January issue? I don't know, man. I don't want to be held accountable for that, but well, I'll be held accountable. Okay, maybe, 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 maybe we want to do the magazine every month instead of uh, every every two months, you know. Yeah. But we got to see how how things go, because we we really we really want the magazine to be real nice, very well, thick and nice. Right. So uh, maybe we we might do every month. We'll see what the response is, and uh, we'll let you know. Anyways, yeah. have a nice weekend, guys. Have a good one. Take care. See you out there.